What is up, River Club? Seriously, 9 o'clock had an excuse. It's 11 o'clock. You've had a couple cups of coffee. What's up, everybody? Yeah, we're going to take that regardless. Obviously, I'm not Zach Ashley. I would love his height, but I'm not. I am Jason Booth. I am a, a pastor uh, here uh, across the county on the western end, across from Riverbend High School, uh, Pastor Zoan. I've been there for 14 years, and uh, I've known your pastor uh, much of my time there. Uh, we're kind of buddies, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Uh, welcome all of you. Welcome all of you tuning in uh, live, uh, streaming on the web. And uh, many of you know, over the last several weeks, uh, you guys have been in a series uh, called Thankful. You've been focusing on an idea of Thanksgiving. And uh, weeks ago, when uh, Zach and I met, he was like, uh, you get to talk about joy. And I was super excited about that. Absolutely excited. I mean, who can't talk about joy? The Bible's full of this stuff. I mean, one of my favorite passages in James, uh, he says that we are to count it a joy when we encounter various trials and troubles. And I was super excited about it. And so weeks and weeks ago, I started working on today's message. Uh, for many reasons, had a lot of stuff going on, wanted to be proactive. Uh, we, uh, we had a newborn on the way. We actually had her last weekend. And so uh, very busy. But the entire time, I haven't been able to get a piece about preaching on joy. I hadn't been able to get a piece about where we were going to be. And so I continue to pray and continue to seek God. And this past week, uh, this past week, I was uh, speaking at a conference uh, down in Hampton area. Uh, and I was sitting in my hotel room. I knew you guys had deadlines on Tuesday around here. Uh, all the publications need to be in. All the information needs to be in. The scripture references and stuff of that nature. And I was sitting in my hotel room and I was saying, God, you've got to give me a piece. Because you don't want my message. I don't know about you, but I don't want my message. I want his message. And I didn't have a piece about it. And, and God kept taking me back to this passage in John and kept taking me back in this passage in John and kept breathing into my spirit this idea of test, test, test. And I'm like, what is it about this test? And I'm sitting there. I've got the, the email open to send it here to River Club. And I just, I cannot put anything in there because God's not speaking. And I say, Lord, I need a sign. And at that moment, all of a sudden, the fire alarm starts going off. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, this sounds like a sign. And seven minutes goes by. I'm still sitting there and the alarm's still going off. Some of you are probably like, maybe there's a fire. Maybe you should get out of your hotel room. And at that point, I begin to think, maybe I should. And so I open the door. And when I walk out in the hallway, there's several guys out there, very official. They got their walkie-talkies. And they look at me. They said, it's okay, sir. It's just a test. And I was like, okay, God, I still need a sign. That might not be you. God, you got to give me something. So I sat right back down at that desk in the hotel, and I had Pandora on. I had the TV on, and all of a sudden I hear, this is a message from the Emergency Broadcasting Network. This is just a test. I'm like, okay, God, you got it. It's you. So this morning we're going a little bit different direction. Because God led this way. So let me start off by saying none of you, not one of you have walked in here by accident, but God brought you here for a reason. This message is for you. And some of you may have walked in this place and you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. 
Maybe you've been encountering trials. Maybe you've been encountering storms. Maybe it seems like everything is falling apart. Maybe your relationship's falling apart. Maybe your kids are falling apart. Maybe your career is falling apart. Maybe your finances are falling apart. Maybe your life in general is falling apart. God wants you to know this morning that it is just a test. Now, some of you, some of you, some of you might be sitting here saying, that's not me. My life ain't falling apart. Life is grand. Life is peachy. I guess I can check out or go get coffee and leave. No, no. Because look, if you keep breathing, if you keep living, a test is going to come your way. It will find your email address. It will find your phone number. It will find your home address. It will find your workplace. And so we better be ready. But it's only a test. Now, how we respond to the tests of life through those rough moments, through those trials and troubles and those storms, how we respond to those things can make all the difference in the world. So for just a few moments, this is what we're going to talk about this morning. Is that all right? All right. Two of you agree. Everybody else, you just got to sit here. We're going to be in John, the 20th chapter. Before we go there, let me tell you who we're going to be looking at. Our main character today is a guy by the name of Thomas. Many of us know him as what? All right, that's all right. Doubting Thomas, you know, he's only mentioned in the scripture six times. And three of which he was doubting Jesus. So he had this, um, this title put on him as Doubting Thomas. Now, as we read our passage in John, let's kind of try to identify the test that he's experiencing. Let's read verses 24 through 28. And kind of set the stage of our key passage today. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, was one of the twelve. And he was not with the disciples when Jesus came back. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands. And put my finger where, his side, where, where the nails were. And put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and he stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting. Believe, Thomas said to him, My Lord, my God. Now, when we read this passage, I think that we can kind of see what's going on here. And I would say that maybe, just maybe, here in Thomas's life, this test was a test of taking his faith to a whole nother level. And what I mean by that is so many times in our life, when we are faced with a test, when we are faced with trials, when we are faced with storms, when we are faced with troubles, what it is, is when we find ourselves in these situations, oftentimes, what do we do? We cry, why? Let's be honest here. Man, I'm about to come out there and wake y'all up. When life is happening, when things are falling apart, our first reaction is, why? Instead of, why not? And see, there's something to this because, listen, when, when things happen in life, when life is seemingly falling apart, what's happening is God has given us an opportunity to grow our faith because faith development oftentimes isn't grown in the peachy field of daisies, days of life. Listen, when you got that nice, attractive husband, come on, ladies, when you got that nice, attractive wife, 
When you got those wonderful, wonderfully behaved kids and you got that beautiful home with that picket fence and those beautiful cars and those couple of trained show dogs, life is grand. But when life throws you a monkey wrench and things aren't going as planned and that relationship seemingly has fallen apart, and everything in the house is breaking down, and the kids have gone crazy, and the dogs have run away, and the car has broke down, this is when we cry, why? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Why is this falling apart? Why doesn't anyone care about me? Why does no one love me? Why, 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 why? And here's the thing, it's only a test. God has given you and me the opportunity to grow our faith, the privilege to grow our faith. And if you look at the life of Jesus and if you look at the scriptures, you see it over and over and over again. You see that God gave people opportunities to grow their faith, to mature their faith. You know, it's almost Christmas. Some of you are like, don't remind me, I'm already stressed. But you know, it's almost Christmas. And you may remember uh, something that occurred uh, with a lady by the name of Mary where an angel appeared to her and said, hey, guess what? You're going to have a kid. And this kid is going to be the savior of all mankind. And she says, how in the world can this be? I've, I've never known a man. And the angel tells her in Luke 1, verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. You may remember a guy by the name of Peter. He was out on a boat and there was a great storm that came about on the water and the, the winds were great and the waves were huge and they were being tossed to and fro and Jesus goes out walking to them on the water and Jesus says to Peter, hey Peter, come on out here. Take a walk, come on out on the water, get out of the boat, this is just a test. And though the winds were great, though the storm was fierce, he could do it and he had an opportunity to build his faith that he would have never had had he been on the shore. And this is the same way with you and me. Now, many of you are sitting here saying, okay, Jason, that's been like five minutes. We get it. We get it. When we are going through a storm, it's an opportunity to build our faith. I got it. But that doesn't change the fact that I don't like it. It doesn't change the fact that I always ask the question of why. Okay, how am I going to get through this test? How am I going to get through these rough times? How do I hang on when everything in me wants to let go? How do I push forward when everything in me wants to quit? Well, if you give me about 10 minutes, okay, maybe 15, maybe 20, maybe 40. No, I'm joking. Just about 10 minutes, 12, whatever, somewhere in there. We're going to talk about it for just a few moments. We're going to talk about getting through this. Is that all right? All right, everybody, we're, we're doing it regardless. There's some principles right here in our text on how we can get through our storm. Now, if you're going through a test this morning, if you're going through some rough times, if you're going through some trials, if you're going through some troubles, listen, this word is for you. And if you're not going through a trial, if you're not going through troubles, if you're not going through a test, listen, this is your conditioning because it will come. So let's jump in. We're going to find our first principle, the thing we need to take away from this, in the 24th verse of John. The Bible tells us this. Now Thomas was not with the other disciples when Jesus came. Now the Bible tells us that Thomas wasn't with his crew. He wasn't with the people that he needed to be with. Now let me tell you what's happened here. Thomas has gotten frustrated. Have you ever been frustrated? Am I talking to any frustrated people? 
Do you ever get tired? Do you ever feel like nothing is working out? This is where Thomas is. Thomas is at a point where he's frustrated. He has walked with Jesus. He's talked with Jesus. He's seen Jesus do amazing miracle after miracle. He's seen him do amazing things. And now all of a sudden, Jesus has died. Now all of a sudden, Jesus has bore a cross. And Thomas has lost his faith. He said, there is no way, it's all over, all of that stuff, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't matter, he's moved on. So here's our first principle, keep the faith. When everything in you wants to lose faith, when everything in you sees no results, when everything in you sees that there is no way, don't do it, keep the faith. Listen, tough times don't last, tough people do. Man, that's good. Tough times don't last, tough people do. And listen, this is something that's very important. There is always a beginning and there is always an end to your test. There is always a beginning and there is always an end. But so many times what you and I do is we quit. We quit, we we move on. We, We give up. And it's natural to do this. I get it when things are tough, we wanna quit. I'm really uh, bad about this when it comes to diets. And anybody in here know about being on a diet? I can usually make it about 12 hours. Because the reality is, is that you tell me, okay, don't eat bread and don't eat sugar. I love bread and I love sugar. And I don't know about you, but then it's everywhere. You go to a restaurant and all of a sudden they're like, here, have bread, have bread. I can never get extra bread any other time, but this time they're like, here, have more, have more. And, you know, I got church people bringing me bags of candy and bags of candy. Here, I thought of you. I was at Walmart. I thought you might like this. And I'm like, okay, I have to eat it now. It's everywhere. And so you quit naturally. And I understand this because, listen, if I had to work with some of your coworkers, I would want to quit too. If I had to wake up next to some of the people that you're waking up, I would want to run away. If some of your kids were my kids, I would want to move to Aruba. I get it. I understand the things that you and I are up against, but here's the deal. The Bible tells us over and over and over that we are called to push forward, that we are called to keep going. Why? Because whatever it is that we're facing, it's only a test. It's only a test. It's an opportunity to grow our faith and to end up in a better place than we were before. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible says this in in the 12th chapter, verse 1, let us throw off everything. Let us throw off anything that hinders us from running the race, from living this thing called life, from getting through that test or obstacle that, fa- that we're faced with. Let's do so with perseverance. Let's go ahead and finish out that race that has been marked out for you and me. And so everything in us that wants to quit, everything in us that just wants to just give up, let's dig down deep, keep the faith, and keep pushing on. It's only a test. Let's find our second principle. It's in verses 24 and 26. The Bible says this, Thomas was not with the other disciples when Jesus came. But a week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. I'm very unedited when I'm behind the pulpit. I'm very unedited when I speak um, because we're in this thing together. And I got to tell you, maybe you're like me and maybe you're not, but when life is happening... When, when, when I'm encountering a storm, when I'm having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month and everything is seemingly falling apart, I don't know about you, but me, I don't want to talk to anybody. 
Don't text me. Don't call me. Don't come see if you want to have lunch. I don't want to talk. And some of you know what that's like. But can I tell you, that's not a good thing. Do you know why? Because alone, defeat, depression, anxiety sets in. I'm a head case. Anybody else a head case? Mm-hmm. Got three people that are honest. All right. And listen, when I'm alone, that just gives me time to think. And this brain of mine and this heart of mine, I will take the littlest of situations and storms and make it this huge ordeal and make it something so big and so overwhelming all because I've had time to think and time to be anxious and overwhelmed. Listen, you and I need good, trustworthy people around us that will encourage us, that will motivate us, that will love us and point us back to him, especially in our time of test. Listen, I had to be intentional about this. I had to go out and find about three people. And that's about all I could find that I, that I could really, really, really trust and be unedited with. Y'all know you can't trust everybody. Oh, don't make me come out there. Our friends don't always have our best interest at hand. It's amazing how you can tell them something over here and all of a sudden it's all over social media. And so I had to find a small group that I could go and be extremely unedited with. I didn't have to be polished. I didn't have to be cootful. I could just say, here's my junk. Let me just pour it all out. This is where I'm at. This is why I'm weak. This is what I'm dealing with. Now give me something. Give me something. Just, just meet me where I am. We need other people around us. You know, the Bible tells us in Genesis 2.18, and, and this is often read at weddings, but it's very, very, very helpful and very, very true to everyday life. The Bible says that God said these words. It is not good for man and for woman to be alone. Our second principle is this. Use your friends. Use those around you. Lean on community. I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I loved working in groups. I always got better gr- grades when I had a group project. How about you? I was better in numbers. And I was always, always, always hoping that just maybe that we could work as a group on a test that really never worked that way because then I'd get better grades on tests. But you know what's really cool? In life, we get to work as a group. We get to use each other and we get to lean on each other. Just the other day, I had a small test. I got in the car and I put the car in gear and it didn't go anywhere. Somebody say, help him, Lord. And I start freaking out. You know what I'm talking about. I don't have time for this. Lord, this is going to cost me a fortune to replace a transmission. I mean, come on. I can't do this right now. That's going to be at least $4,000. In the car, it's probably broken. It's probably, the engine's probably dead too. And I'm going through my head and I'm going to have to buy another vehicle. And you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. You ever been there? And I was on the phone. I was on the Bluetooth with somebody. And, and, and he hears me talking about this. And, and he says, Jason, what's going on? And I tell him and he goes, Did you check and see if the emergency brake was on? Wouldn't you know what it was? Listen, this is good. I reached down and I pulled back. I released the very thing that was holding me back from getting where I needed to be. And I think this is a lot of times what you and I need to do in our life. Sometimes it's the littlest things in our life that we need to reach down and release to move forward. For some of us, we need to release our pain. We need to release our problems. We need to release our past. We need to release our circumstances. We need to reach down and release whatever it is that is holding us back from getting where God wants us to be. 
and God will empower us to move forward. Now, that's just bonus. We got to get back on track. We got to get back on track. Third principle is found in verse 26. The Bible says that the doors were locked and Jesus came and stood among them. Isn't that freaky? I mean, how did he get in there? Every time I read that, I'm like, ooh. That kind of gives me goosebumps. How did he get in there? I mean, he, the doors were locked. The Bible says it very clearly. How did he get in there? This is our next principle, our third principle. And this is really good. Expect the unexpected. When it comes to God showing up, expect the unexpected. Wherever you find yourself in life, it doesn't matter if the doors are locked. It doesn't matter if you are seemingly up against the wall. It doesn't matter if everything around you seems as if defeat is imminent. It doesn't matter if it seems as if you can't go another step or there is no way. God will show up in his way, in his timing, and will do things his way. Because his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Why? Because he's God. And he does it in an unexpected way oftentimes. And I don't know about you, but I'm okay with it so long as he shows. All right, one of you agree. I need him to show. And listen, I don't care how he shows so long as he does. Because when I am going through the wilds of life, when I am faced with trials, troubles, and storms, when I am up against what is seemingly a wall, I don't care what he's wearing. I don't care how, how long or short his hair is. I don't care whether he has on flip-flops, sandals, or work boots. So long as God shows up in my situation, I am fine with that. And oftentimes what you and I have to do is realize that God does things a lot different than, than we expect him to do. Because what you and I do is we put God in a box. How many of us like to tell God what he's going to do? Mm-hmm. We're very good about that. Say, God, I need, I need a car. Let's go with that. But God, I really, really, really want a sports car, convertible, preferably blue, tan leather interior, navigation, Bluetooth. For less than $5,000, amen. God, I want a spouse. I'm tired of being alone, but I really want him to look like George Clooney. You know? And if he has his, his bank account, that'd be great too. And we tell God, God, you've got to give me this. But oftentimes, maybe that transportation that he blesses us with, it might not be that sports car. That, that person, it may not look at what we thought it was going to look like. We pray for a job and we're like, God, I want a job where I'm making six figures and I commute from home and it's only four days a week. But maybe, just maybe, that's not how he works. And so when we don't get our way and when things don't go as planned, we say, why? Expect the unexpected. There's one more thing we need to see and, and we're almost done. It's in verses 27 and 28. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. And he said, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. He says, stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said these amazing words, my Lord, my God. It's right here that Thomas finally gets it. He finally puts things in focus. He says, okay, God, I've seen you heal the sick. I've seen you raise the dead. I've seen you cast out demons. And now I've seen you raise yourself from the dead. He drops to his knees. He says, my Lord, my God. You see, what Thomas had been doing is what a lot of us do. See, Thomas had been walking around town moping. 
He'd been kicking stones and kicking dirt, staring at flowers, standing next to the creek, trying to figure things out, trying to find answers. And he really just needed to focus on him. The entire time, he's looking this way and that way. And this is our fourth principle. Focus on him. You see, so oftentimes, this is what you and I do. When our plans fail, when our family fails, when our friends fail, when our careers fail, when our life in general fails, when things don't go as planned, what we then do is we start looking left and we start looking right and we start looking forward and we start looking backward and we're looking every which way when Christ is sitting there the whole time saying, look to me, focus on me. I am giving you an opportunity to grow your faith. I am doing what is best in your life. Trust in me. Look to me, God says. It's only a test. Look to the one who can get you through regardless of where you find yourself. I love what Jesus said in Matthew 6, You and I are to seek first, above all else, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all this other stuff, all these other things, all these answers, all of these solutions that we're looking for, all of these things we need in life, they will be added to us. He's going to give us what we need. Don't miss this part when we need it. Because he knows what he's doing. There's a wonderful charge in Mark, the 12th chapter. The Bible says this in verse 30. It says to love the Lord, your God. There's some great words we might need to underline with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all our strength. In other words, we are to go after him with everything in us, to focus on him and him alone, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who is running everything, the one who controls the winds and the rain, the one who knows what he is doing in your life and doing in my life. So why are we looking over here? Why are we looking over there? We just need to focus on him. Live in today, realizing that he'll take care of tomorrow. It's only a test. God wants you and me not to grow closer to our problem, but to grow closer to the solution. Him. You see, our tests, they will end. They're temporary. But our connection with him, it lasts forever. And so what you and I need to do, is hold strong to the words of Hebrews 4 that tells us that we can approach the throne of grace, that we can do so with confidence, so that that we may find mercy. I don't know about you, but I need mercy in my life. That we may find grace. I don't know about you, but I need that too. And I absolutely need this last part, help. Help in our time of need. Help in our time of a test. Help in our time of trouble. To help in our time of tribulation. He will see us through. This morning, I know 
God knows what he's doing. And not one of us was brought in here by accident. I know that there is real pain in this room. I know that there is real suffering in this room. I know some of you walked in this place and you feel as if you were burdened, that you've got the weights of the world on your shoulder. What God wants you to know, and this is his word for you, it is just a test. He knows what he is doing in your life. And he is up to something good. You know, in Romans, the Bible tells us that all things work to the good. It doesn't say that all things are good. And some of the things that we are facing, they're not good. But God promises that he's going to use it for our good. So what you and I need to do is we need to keep the faith. We need to keep pushing on when everything in us wants to quit. We need to lean on those who God has given us. Lean on that community. We need it. God gives us people to be strong when we are weak. We need to expect the unexpected and realize that God can and will do things that defy all kinds of logic. And finally, we need to keep our focus on him and him alone. Don't be distracted. Don't be tempted to keep your eyes focused on the problem, but rather look to the solution. God wants you to hear this word. Don't leave here the same way you came in, but leave here having experienced his mighty presence. The Bible says that where one or two are gathered in his name, There will he be also, and God is here right now. So for just a few moments, may you open your hearts, may you open your minds and spirits, because God wants to meet you right where you are. Don't leave here feeling the same way you came in. Let's pray together. Father God, Lord, you interrupted this message this week for a reason. Lord, because you knew that we needed it. Lord, time and time again, you give us what we need when we need it. And so, Lord, as we are in your presence for just a few moments, may we not focus on things that are happening later today, things that are happening later this week, but for just a few moments, really focus on you. Lord, may we have our hearts, minds, and spirits opened, and may you show us areas in our life where maybe you are up to something. Lord, maybe in our tests, and our storm, and our trial, Lord, we've been getting weak. And everything in us wants to quit if that's where we are, Lord. Lord, may you motivate us to keep pushing on and that we keep the faith. Maybe for some of us, Lord, we feel as if we are all alone. And Lord, what we really need is a friend. Lord, what we really need is someone to just open their arms wide open and embrace us. Lord, if that's where we are, may we find them. Lord, for some of us, maybe we have just been doubting so much, thinking there is no way. Lord, may we realize who you are and what you've done since the dawn of day. And that you do things in an unexpected way. And Lord, that you're not done. Lord, that you're not done and you've got great things in store. Lord, for some of us, maybe it's our focus and it's just all out of whack. And Lord, because we've been looking at all the wrong things, we're, we're defeated. Lord, we're down. But Lord, we're not out. And so Lord, may we just refocus on you. May we cry out and acknowledge, my Lord, my God. Lord, have your way with each and every one of us. Lord, we know that you are here and you're here in a mighty way. May we find you in our hour of need. Lord, we know this test will come to an end. And Lord, at the end, we'll be better than we were at the start. Lord, we pray these things in your mighty, holy, and precious name. Amen.